you really wanna know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost 7 Athletics, found on the web at almost7athletics.com. Here today to recap the West Virginia Mountaineers' 29-24 victory over the Kansas Jayhawks in the fourth game of the 2019 West Virginia football season. And here to help me do that are two contributors to the Almost 7 Athletics team. We have Bradley. It's good talking. And we have Steven. How's it going, everybody? Doing pretty good, gentlemen. How's it going for you guys? It's not going too bad. Work's killing me. I've had to work at 5 a.m. the past two days, but, you know. Oh, man, that's all. That's never good. At least I like the morning shift, so get it over with, get it done. But it nice fall weather. I'm sorry, dude, it was, like, cold when I walked to work this morning, so, yeah, fall weather starting to in. Oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's pretty much – it's coming. It's always fun this time of year. Oh, yeah. Got to love it. Especially you know what's really fun? You know what's oh, really West fun this time of year? What's that? Football. Football. Oh, greatest time of the year. College football, best sport of the, best sport of them all, in my opinion. That's, that game Saturday was nutty. I didn't get to, I had to re- watch it once I got off work, but. Whew. Yeah, it was it was entertaining. Maybe possibly the most entertaining as far as back and forth, um, all year so far. So, um, having said that, West Virginia gets the win, first road win. Uh, started off one zero in Big Twelve play with the win over Kansas. Um, what are you guys kind of some opening thoughts about what you saw in this game against the Jayhawks? Uh, we got Stephen. Uh, I liked what I saw overall. Um, I, I expected to see more of, uh, you know, a lopsided game out of West Virginia, but you know, I, I did like the, what I seen. Um, I liked the dog, the the dog fight in them. You know, that shows that they can you know pull a close one out. Um, overall, I liked what I see. There was a, a bunch of uh, mental mistakes that they could improve on, but you know, that's that could be uh, corrected over the bye week though. Absolutely. It's good that they, like Coach Brown has said, you know, found a way to win that game despite, you know, not playing anywhere near their, their best, but still finding ways to win, which is what it all, which it all, which is what matters most, you know, is trying to find ways to win these uh, ball games this season. Um, Bradley, what about you? I think you have to, I think I saw Neil Brown come out and I, this guy still fascinates me. And I know I talk about it a lot, but I think you have to, you know, repetition means, you know, Permanent, permanent standing. You know what I mean. Like if No Brown could keep, let me let me clear my head a little bit. I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself. I saw a Les Miles that was like really hyped up. Like he's gonna have a great year this year with Kansas. And I saw I a young so. No Brown. And I know I say it a lot, but No Brown is doing a hell of a job. Watching the way he handles his team is just phenomenal. And that's what I gotta say about this game. That's we can go into it a little bit more later. But that, that's what I gotta say about this game. Absolutely, the fantastic coaching continues. Um, continuing to be impressed week in and week out by the game plan that's put together by the staff and then also by their um, game game management skills. Um, and the first thing that pops into my head when I'm thinking these game management and time management skills is how about that drive right there to end the half to give West Virginia the 10-7 lead at half, getting the ball back under a minute to go, and the clock management by Neil Brown and management of the offense by Austin Kendall really was uh, impressive. And one of the things that stuck out to me for sure was – getting those three points before the half because, you know, he ended up being crucial in a, in a five-point win. Yeah, that uh, that that was really impressive to me. I haven't seen a drive like that in a two-minute drill 
for West Virginia in a long time. So that was really, uh, really nice to see for me. And what I'm saying, this was, I'm not saying like they're playing perfect. It's not like perfect play, you know what I mean? But they're just like, it's really solid and it's confident. And it's like, even if you miss it, we know we got it next play, you know what I mean? And that's just like, oh, yeah. it's crazy to see that be in West Virginia when I haven't felt that. And I, I couldn't tell you since a, like, since a player wore like a decent number five, you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> It's, it's, and I don't mean to say, I mean, I know Will Greer and them did that. I know they've done yeah. the two-minute drill, and they've executed it. But the way that they executed it was just it was just beautiful to see. I don't, I don't know. It was just perfectly executed football, it seemed like. And I think I attribute a lot of that to Neil Brown. I think that's why I brought it up. You know what I mean? It's just, Absolutely. It just yeah, does it's it smart right. football. I also think that we have great kids that are buying in, and I think that that, that means a lot to you. Yeah, I think you can see this team's kids. confidence growing, growing every week, and you know their team takes on the persona of the head coach, is the old saying, and I think you can see that with this West Virginia team. Neil Brown's preaching blue collar, preaching hard work, and you're seeing the results on the field when they're coming out there and winning yeah. just by outworking. As far as the Mountaineer offense is concerned, uh, nothing really spectacular, but they did enough to get the job done. Uh, most rushing yards of the season up to this point as they ran for 192 yards against the Jayhawks and did it by committee with a few strong performances, strong performance from Kennedy McCoy, both running the ball and receiving the ball. Lady Brown with his best game of the season and his second uh, show and longest run of the season for West Virginia comes from Letty Brown. And Austin Kendall was efficient getting it done with over 200 yards passing. But, um, you know, the Mountaineers actually got all the touchdowns on the ground. So, I mean, uh, what do you guys think about this ground game and how it's uh, continuing to improve and do you expect it to continue to do so throughout the season? Um, what do you think, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I, I like it. And uh, you didn't even mention Martel Petaway with uh, him coming back oh, this bounce, week. Bounce back performance. Average 6.7 yards a carry. Uh, you know, so I, I liked what I seen out of Martel. But, I mean, I, I expected this to eventually happen with these running backs. And, yes, I do expect them to get better every week uh, with the line getting more comfortable with themselves. Uh, you know, really, of course, it hurts it with, with uh, the loss of Josh Seals for with having him out for the season. But I do think that the line is starting to find themselves and they're looking a lot better and uh, they look a lot more comfortable with their assignments uh, every single week. So with that, I feel yeah. like the running game will get better. Absolutely. And I hate to, I hated to hear about Josh Seals, you know, missing the season. But the good thing is he'll be back next year. He's only a redshirt junior, so he's going to be out for the rest of this year. But also I think that um, Chase Barrett has done a really good job filling in for him in the games he's missed at right guard. So that kind of eases you. And the fact that he can rotate there with John Hughes and then uh, Mike Brown rotating with Gemitter as the left guard, who Gemitter has really been a bright spot. And then Bryce Amaze at center has been uh, – outstanding so far and uh, i think they finally found the right guy there at that position um bradley anything you want to add there in uh in regards to uh run game and uh its improvement having its best game against kansas i think a lot of it has to do with that front line it also deals with our i think our wide receivers have been blocking a lot better but definitely, oh, yeah, definitely. when i was watching that game over because i had to watch it after work but um when i was watching it you know i was seeing Bryson Mays like be downfield you know what i mean he was getting that second second third level block and i mean it was just as an old lineman, you know, that's what you want to see, and that makes me feel good. I feel bad about Josh Sills. I mean, I really was – that was a sad moment when I heard that he was going to be out for the year. I really hope he yeah. shirts. I hope it's not something that really just absolutely damages his future, and I trust in him to, you know, talk about talk about it with his family, his coaches, figure out what's best for him. 
But, you know, we're going to probably see some more Mike Brown now. And, you know, I wasn't opposed to Mike Brown. I think he got sick and a kid, young kid stepped up. And, you know, now Mike can step up and really show that he the effort we put into him has not been lost. I think he's a – I think we'll see a lot more of him. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, losing his starting spot to committer may motivate Mike Brown. And I see a side of Mike Brown we haven't seen yet and see the best version of Mike Brown going forward. So I think that's going to be good. Um I we've seen some a, nice. Uh, we've seen like lovable Mike Brown. Maybe you'll see a little bit pissed off Mike Brown. You know exactly. That's, that's that big what man I'm does thinking. when he's mad. Exactly. Just want you know get him mad and and let him go out there on the field and and just wreak havoc out there with that size. But you know I think it was also impressive as far as continuing to talk about West Virginia's offense was you know they had four drives of you know ten plays or longer which was impressive to sustain drives like that and just absolutely dominated time of possession in the game which you know is a big reason why that they probably won this game that and went in the turnover battle of course with without paying their best football but you know uh, putting drives together like that's impressive shows the offense kind of growing some chemistry and they were really good on third down and I think that's important going forward but West Virginia is going to have to get um some more big plays as they go forward in this schedule against some of these more high-powered offense. But I feel um, like that's something we've been lacking is like the big playability. But I feel yeah, like that's we, that's the one thing that they're. We've missing. started out Austin Kendall's hitting passes. We our run game's going so Austin Kendall's hitting passes. Like we're hitting passes, so our run game's getting better. They're gonna start covering that a little bit more, and then that's when we're gonna start hitting them deep. Now I think as a lot more teams start to chief forward to stop our run game, I think in the next few games we're gonna see us really connecting on these passes. We have time to really work on that. Yeah, right, and as, as Sam James and Sean Ryan get more comfortable, they'll. I think Ollie they'll Jennings. be. Can't leave my dude out, bro. Can't leave oh, Ollie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ollie, Ollie, too. George Campbell, you know, we can name them all day. There's some receivers. Yeah, these guys, they're talented. So I, you're going to see them get opened up a lot more uh, throughout the season uh, once, you know, we start establishing this run game a little bit more. Especially if we keep that time and time management, like Jordan was talking about. We really keep that contract clock going, keep defenses on the field. Like, these people are going to be able to shine, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the trigger man for those receivers, I think that he's been, you know, quietly impressive. Um, I think the one thing that he's lacked is, has been the deep ball, and I think that that's probably an issue with timing. But he's done an excellent job uh, managing the game in clutch situations on in the red zone and in the fourth quarter as well. Jed Drenning, I saw him put out a tweet after the game that Austin Kendall in the fourth quarter this year has been 12 of 15 for 141 yards and three touchdowns with uh, no interceptions. And that is uh, the seventh highest fourth quarter. He has the seventh highest fourth quarter quarterback rating. So that's you know what you want to see from your quarterback, even though he's not making the big plays, he's making the right decisions in clutch situations, which is really going to help. Um, with wins so um what are your guys thoughts on Austin Kendall against Kansas and you know kind of so far this season what do you think Bradley I thought he did really well against Kansas I mean no turnovers so that's a big deal um they did have like that one scary pick I actually was like listening to it at work and I remember hearing like we, we were having a hard time putting drives together after that first touchdown and I was like man this sucks right and they called that interception and I was like okay I'm just gonna take my earbuds out <laughs> I took my earbuds out and I just <laughs> put them away at work uh, I went and I looked at the stats afterwards, and I saw that there was no interception on the stat sheet. And I was like, "Yeah, what?" Uh, what happened? Well, I can <laughs> I, I can tell you, it it did look in real time. It looked like he he made the catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just sick. I was uh, like, "No." Uh, with the slow mo, he definitely did not make the catch. Yeah, with the slow mo, you could see it hit the ground. But I just thought that was like a nutty experience because I was like, "Where? 
he, I definitely heard them say that Austin Kendall threw an interception, but it disappeared. Like, <laughs> and I'm living in a different dimension. This is Twilight. Sir. Speaking speaking of uh, Twilight plays, can anyone tell me what happened with the uh, the Evan Staley field goal that hit off the uh, the crossbar? Because at that time, I had I th- to. Uh, I, I thought he missed it. The, I had to go out there and help the uh, help my grandfather with the ESPN Plus. He was having difficulty with it, so I had to help him. So I missed that part of the video feed. Oh, but it looked like I mean it hit the it hit the uh, post and ended up back outside on like on the end zone. So I thought that it you know hit and went out and missed it, but they called it good. Um, I went back and rewatched it. What happened was it hit the side goal post, then hit the back of the crossbar, and then bounced o- back out over. So it went through, dinged twice, and then went back out over. So uh, gotcha. with that, with got Talk just literally by a hair getting it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I was gonna, that wind I, I was, was crazy. I was going to ask if anyone knew the rule. I didn't know if, if it had to, like, if it could, like, yeah, if can some way, like, hit the crossbar and the wind, like, blow it back out. No, once it's through, it's through. It's like the goal line. I think, you know I mean? Yeah, I think if it once hits it the back of the crossbar right there like that, if it's like over half, you know, way past the, to the, the crossbar to the back, I think it's good. And if it's towards the front, it's it's no good, I believe. So it's literally just by a by hair. But that that wind was crazy. I think it affected his first field goal and that one and got lucky to count that one because it needed that. Yeah, I remember listening to it on the radio and Tony Carini was like, uh, I don't know if he actually made it. He was like, it went over and came back over and crossed. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, watching live, I didn't think that he did, and then I seen the because he called it. Call and, like, oh, and I was like, "All right." <laughs> I think they uh, was around twenty miles an hour or so. The wind yeah, was. Yeah, I think it, it was what at least twenty. Game. It was at least twenty. I remember hearing him say. Yeah, that was such a fun game to watch. I could watch that game over and over again. That was yeah, that was the most entertaining back and forth uh, so far this season. I think so. Um, well, let's hope. Let's hope it's not the most entertaining this season. We can. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's hope it doesn't hold true. Yeah. It's gonna come when we beat Texas next. Hey, let's go. So we got let's one. Go. We got one in two weeks. I feel like we can win. Oh, let's hey, go. I like. I like. Uh, I like Neil Brown with two weeks to prepare for a team for sure. Especially oh. missing four four starters in the secondary. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Give, give, them give them all the starters. Give them all the starters. Neil Brown's not letting them come into the Morgantown and win this year. Not happening. I don't know. I think it's not a good game. It's going to be, be a dogfight. I, I, would, I wouldn't be that confident about it being me, but. That's but, a legend. That's legendary status for Neil Brown immediately. Like, that's just like no way you do. Oh yeah, like, that'd be. Like, a, I mean, yeah. The only yeah. thing you do better than Amazing. that is beat Oklahoma, which we're gonna do. Yeah. Oh man, I would hope so. If he beats Oklahoma in year one, it's not gonna happen. All right, let's come. Well, yeah, let's come. I'm sorry, I got a little bit run away, but that, that was. I know it's all good. It's all good. All right, let's uh, let's flip over. Let's talk a little bit about the WVU defense. Um, not their strongest performance from as far as uh, keeping Kansas out of the end zone and, you know, um, allowing West Virginia to, you know, stretch that lead late after it got to 10. But uh, they did do a good job of stopping the Kansas ground game. Uh, Steele's brothers were dominant again. Uh, I think the most impressive stat to me is that West Virginia still hasn't allowed a 100-yard rusher this season or a 300-yard passer yet this season. Knock on wood, but uh, – Steals with Dante steals with two sacks and that play where he forced a fumble on a strip sack when he fought through a double team. That's that's impressive stuff. That's dominant, dominant stuff right there. So um, what are your guys thoughts on the West Virginia defense's uh, performance in this game against Kansas? Um, holding two good running backs at bay and, you know, doing what it took to get the win, especially with that late turnover forced by Keith Washington that I think was probably uh, the play of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Mountaineer defense, Stephen? 
Uh, they continue to impress me. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed that they finally gave up a touchdown in the second half. Uh, I was I was kind of wanting that streak to last a little bit longer. But overall, man, they they have really impressed me this year. Uh, not only on the defensive front, which I already expected to be good, uh, but the linebackers in the secondary, uh, that that whole unit, man, it is it has just played far past what I expected to see out of them. So it's just nice to see. The production, the production that we're getting, Keith Washington, Hakeem Bailey, all those guys. Hakeem Bailey, I know we've re, we've talked about him a lot this year, but you know that that kid has thrived in this new system. Oh, absolutely! Five pass breakups on the year, leading the team. Yeah, man, and I, you know, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Steels, brother. I can only hope that those two stay healthy because oh, Dante that's, that's is fun to watch. Just living in the backfield. I mean, I don't think anybody can keep him out of there this year. Absolutely. You know, like as I mentioned, Holden Puka at only 75 yards rushing and Khalil Herbert to 26. That's impressive coming off games where they both had well over 100, uh, well over 100 yards. And the Mountaineer defensive line, I think, has been the most impressive unit on the team this year. Not only do they have a lot of talent at that spot, but they're very deep at that spot and can rotate guys in and, in and out and keep the Steels brothers fresh and keep the other uh, players there fresh as well, despite losing Taj Austin, still looking very good on the defensive line. Um, Bradley, anything you want to add in regards to the Mountaineer defense against Kansas? I think, I mean, our defense has been really, they've been really good. and uh, But I also think that we've only been going up against some, you know, really run heavy offenses so far. We haven't – I mean, we saw one really good quarterback, and look what he did to us. You know what I mean? Like, Kelly Bryant didn't take it easy on us. And we're all going to get run into those more and more in the Big 12. Do I think our defense can handle it? Yes. Do I think they're going to take some shots? Yes. I hope that they can just fight through those shots and everything will be okay. So, like, when these people jump out and they're just scoring on us back-to-back, our defense just needs to be able to hold and say, hey, like, if our defensive – I think it's going to fall on our defensive line, which is by far our best unit in our whole entire Absolutely. Season. That's, that's it's going to fall on them. If they can keep pressure up and just keep fresh and just like keep on people, exactly what you guys are saying. You know, it's, it's, as long as you can keep them fresh and you can keep them up and you can keep them going, then they're putting pressure on those quarterbacks and making them uncomfortable. It takes a lot of pressure off of our defensive backs, which are our weakest unit. But they've showed out, just not against these quality teams. You know what I mean? Definitely not against Missouri. Yeah, but, which that's that's been our, you know, I, how it's gonna be. in my opinion, one of the biggest problems since West Virginia has joined the Big 12 is – you know the depth down the stretch of the Big Twelve play. You know exactly. these guys get hurt, and you know you you get thinner and thinner and thinner as the season goes on, and that's when you see West Virginia start to fall off. But in my opinion, I think that's what sets Neil Brown apart from Dana Holgerson. Yeah, you know, big time. Where he's going to manage a game better. He's going to keep those guys fresher, and he's going to know how to you know you you you're not going to avoid every injury that's not you know that's impossible yeah, but, but how many linebackers did we go through like how many quality linebackers did we lose somehow right, oh, right. how many linebackers how many safeties how getting... many cornerbacks i mean how many times you got to go through the whirlpool of going through all this you know whoopla of having all these younger guys step in because all the you know experienced guys get hurt so you know that's i'm hoping we see smarter game management and the the Kansas game is you know, our time management was amazing oh, yeah. that game. I was getting ready to say, you got the recipe with the Kansas game. If you can do like that against, you know, um, these high-powered these high offenses, you give yourself a fighting chance. If you can dominate time of possession and not turn the ball over, that gives you a fighting chance against anyone. Their yeah. offense can't score if, if they don't have the ball. If, you, if you're grinding out these nine, ten-play long drives and, you know, converting third downs um, – that's that's the recipe right there. Keep your defense fresh and, and keep their offense off the field as well. Yeah, I, 
you, you can do that. You have a chance to do that against everyone except for Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, their and their defense. Oklahoma's defense looks improved as well. So I mean, we'll see once they get into uh, you know some bigger games here coming up. But uh, that Oklahoma I, team looks think, tough. But we'll they, see. they could prove me wrong. But I do think Oklahoma has a chance to make the national championship game this year. I could be wrong. They right seem like a more complete really team good. this season as far as defense and you know special teams all around rather than just having a dominant offense, which, which they still do. They haven't really taken a step back at all. I mean, I, mean, I can go out on a limb. I, I think, in my opinion, so far through the first four weeks, they look better to me than Alabama has. I, I, I agree with that. I'd agree with that. That's a statement. Do they look better than Clemson, though? No. Uh, I don't know. Clemson... Clemson, Clemson to me has set up themselves apart from everyone at this point. (laughs) Clemson, because Clemson has that dominant defense. Even, you know, Alabama always has good defense as well, but Clemson, the way they turn out defense is crazy. You know, they lost, what, four guys on that defensive line last year, and they haven't, you know, the new guys they got just stepped right up, and their defense looks like it hasn't missed a beat. Yeah. To to me, it seems like Clemson doesn't even have games. You know, it seems like every, every team has at least one week of the season. Where they're just kind of like lulled, they're, you know, they don't really get up for the game, at least yeah. one game. Clemson don't have those games. Yeah, Clemson, Clemson, you rarely see that from them. Clemson really is ready to play at all times, and that's what I feel like sets them apart. That's about the foundation, though. You know what I mean? You have to have that building, and I'm yeah, just saying, sweet. and that's a lot like Coach Brown. That's a lot what I'm seeing here at WVU. All I gotta say, well, I think so. I think you can make the, you know, I've heard a lot of people make the par- comparison between Neil Brown and Dabo, and I, and I hope that they have similarities and stuff, and I hope that he builds the program like that. I've got faith that he will, but you know, it's all starting right here with this season and grinding out wins like, like West Virginia did against against Kansas. So. <laughs> Haven't talked a little bit about both sides of the ball. Uh, Let's talk some uh, our players of the game and our play of the game. Um, let's start with play of the game. I think that um, for pl- for play of the game, for me, uh, I can't go anywhere. I mean, I'm sure there's some other places you could go, but for me, i, I got to give it to that Keith Washington interception. Not only was it an extremely athletic play and an awesome interception, but it really changed the game. West Virginia you know, was held, and they um, were only up three at the time. Kansas could have took the lead. Instead, he gets that interception. West Virginia goes up 10. Huge play in the second half of a uh, bat- what had become a back-and-forth football game that really turned the tide, and West Virginia kind of never – Never let up there. Um, I think that's just a game-changing play and an awesome play by Keith Washington, who has been just as impressive as Akeem Bailey. Both of those guys really impressive at corner, but that interception was fantastic and gets my play of the game um, for this one. What about you guys? What do you got play of the game in this one, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how you can go anything else. I think the Keith Washington interception uh, it was an amazing catch. Uh, it, Like you said, changed the momentum – or doesn't really change the momentum of the game, but it kept us – from giving them momentum in that point at that point of the game, and we capitalized on that turnover. So I think that was a pivotal play in the game to keep uh, Kansas from uh, rallying and coming and taking the lead back, uh, back at that point. Absolutely, Bradley. Uh, what about you as far as play of the game? Anything got anything got anything different? Or you going I to agree say? with you. I agree with you guys, but I'll give an honorable mention in here. Play action fake you, Carter Stanley, and it is intercepted spectacularly. 
by Keith Washington the second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give an honorable mention to Martel Petaway's first touchdown run. Oh, that was pretty. We were we pretty. were a little bit stale at the time, and you know, just listen to him talk about Martel finally breaking one off, and you know, a man blue collar touchdown. You know what I mean? Instead, it's Petaway picking his way through and pops loose, and he'll score. Absolutely, got in the hole there, hit the guy with the uh, little spin, and then he was, yeah, he was, he was out. That, that, was, that reminds that me of like a, a run I saw at Texas last year. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. that's what I was thinking when it was happening. I was like, man, he's good at you know bouncing off and then just getting yeah. getting free there. It isn't it very, nice? Very isn't it nice to have that stable of backs though? I tell you what, though, Alex Alex Sinkfield better uh, start catching the ball a little bit better out of the backfield because I know at that slot it's, position because I'm telling I, you what he's I'm not kinda, gonna I've been kind of disappointed that uh, he doesn't really have uh, as big of a role in the offense as I thought he would going into the season. Now, Coach Brown did say he's been dealing he with did, a little yeah, bit he of got a pretty, leg injury. So yeah, he got pretty defensive when they asked him about that in the post game conference. Yeah, he said a little bit of a leg injury for Sinkfield, but I, I've been. I mean, Letty Brown. I know he's only been back for two games, but man, that guy's that guy's something. I think I, I really like Letty Brown. Yeah, my buddy Ryder and I, uh, shout out if you're listening, we like to uh, fight about who's our best running back. He always fights his Kennedy McCoy, which I'm, I mean, that's fine with me. But I've always said it's Martel Petaway. And last year during that Texas game, I was rubbing in his face so much. Oh, yeah, that so was rubbing his face a little bit too. Because he texted me last week. Awesome. He texted me after the NC State game. He was like, oh, who do you think's our best running back? And then Martel <laughs> Petaway popped off for this week. So Ryder, ha you said. <laughs> couple <laughs> touchdowns and only five carries. Big game from uh, – Petaway, you know, big game for McCoy, too, um, not just running the ball but receiving as well. Um, you know, uh, was the yeah, that guy's uh, he's carrying a load this year. He is carrying Yeah, it. he was uh, he was big. And this was, you know, I know he had the big game against uh, NC State, but I think this one was more impressive to me just because of how versatile he was uh, running the ball and, and catching it, you know, led the team in carries with 20 and was second on the team in receptions in that game as well. So I think that the the stable of backs is good, and I think they're only going to continue to improve, especially if Sinkfield can get healthy and they've got four, you know, kind, kind of guys with different skill sets too that can do different things. But um, having said that, let's let's flip over to the other side of the ball. Let's talk player of the game. But let's start with defense first. Um, who do you got for the player of the game on the defensive side in this one, Bradley? Uh, I'll give it to Keith Washington for that interception. I think Absolutely. we've talked about it enough. If it's been that much, then I mean that guy deserves some recognition. Absolutely. Keith Washington has really developed into a solid player and, you know, one of the quiet leaders on the defense, I feel like. Um, Steven, what about you as far as your uh, defensive player of the game? Uh, I like the Keith, the, you know, the Keith Washington interception, but I'm going to go with Dante Steeles for consistency yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like until he just doesn't, you know, until, until there's a week that he doesn't have a sack, I'm going to say that. He, until then, he's going to be my player of the game. Yeah, I love it. Because that kid has just came to play every single week, man, and I love it. And especially now starting and uh, making the most of it, I think that he's going to be impressive and he's going to continue to get even better as he's still young and still learning uh, Dante Steele's. I was going to go with the Dante Steele's pick, but just to keep it uh, keep it different, keep it fresh, I'm going to go Josh Norwood just because I uh, bounced back from that targeting uh, to pick up 11 tackles and lead the team in tackles against Kansas. So I'm going, I'm going Norwood as my defensive player of the game. All right, so that's defense. Let's talk offense, uh, offensive player of the game in this one. Uh, Steven, we'll start with you this time. Who's your player of the game on offense against Kansas? Uh, we just talked about it, Martel Petaway, man. I love that. Uh, I love the way he came in and played. I like that he came. He came in here got two scores, not even just one. He came in 
uh, looked like he missed playing football. Uh, Absolutely. You know, like I said, every seven yards of carry. So, you know, I like what I've seen out of him. I'm eager to see what he's got coming up against Texas because that's the team you're going to have to have him up against those big uh, defensive fronts. I agree. I agree. Um, for, as for me, I went with the running back as well, but uh, I went with Letty Brown just because I was just kind of impressed by the way he's running. I think he's got the potential to finish the year as the leading rusher in terms of yards if he keeps up at the rate that he's going and if he gets enough opportunities. And I'm just a big fan of Letty Brown. Uh, despite his age, I think that he runs hard and uh, just a really impressive, uh, impressed by his performance, 12 carries for 70 yards. So five yards a carry for Letty Brown. I think he's averaging over five yards a carry uh, in his two games so far in the season. So that's good. And had the longest run of the season for West Virginia when he broke that 30 yarder. So, I'm going Letty Brown for my offensive player of the game this week. Bradley, uh, what about you? Who you got on offense this week? I think the horns look best when they're down. I think horns go down when bulls are tired. <laughs> I think bulls get tired when you hit them with a strong running back, and I think I'm going with Martel Petaway. Love be. it. Love it. Uh, ground great. game finally uh, starting to look like what we kind of all expected it to look like going into the oh, season, yeah. and I think it's going finally. to continue to get better. Finally. Credit, credit to the offensive coordinator, you know, Matt Moore, Chad Scott running game, and, you know, Neil Brown, of course, just game planning this up and finding what works for this run game and sticking with it. And I think that that's uh, what's impressive is they found out what running plays work these past couple weeks and they've, you know, stuck to those rather than trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. you got to give a lot of credit to the game planning for West Virginia's improvement in the run game. Yeah, and I don't think you can give enough credit to that because, you know, the improvement from week one and two – so week three and four is amazing to me. From a coaching mm-hmm. standpoint, I feel like the adjustments that they've made, not only at halftime, but from game to game. I've, and we just hit a bye week. Woo. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is nice to have with uh, you know, the injuries that we've got. That's what right I say. You get, well, and you get two weeks. Vandarius Cowens, you know, now oh, available. He gets two gosh. weeks to get ready and you know practice with his team and stuff as well. So that's you know they're repping him out guys right now. They are oh, it's a big get. It's a big get. That's yeah. a big get. And and Todd Johnson being out, that's a big get. You know, having guys right behind. You know, the defense – That dude's going to be Sam Ellinger's nightmare the night after. Oh, I can't wait, man. He's, I can't wait to see him unleashed. I'm expecting big things. And I think he really provides uh, strength at a spot where you're probably your weakest spot on defense right now at linebacker, the linebacking core. You know, D-line play's been strong. Secondary's been strong for the most part. But linebackers have been uh, – you know, the weakest part of that defense. And so getting Vanderis Cowan back gives that position group a big boost that they desperately need, especially going into this uh, meat grinder part of the schedule where you're going to have Texas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, and Baylor, arguably the top four teams in the Big 12 all in a row. Um, so I think it's, it's big getting him back. And uh, going forward, we're going to see uh, we're going to see what happens with this West Virginia team. So yeah. um, Also, worth it, that, also uh, worth it to note, though, that uh, – that the, the game is going to kick off at 3.30. That's that's great news for students. So Absolutely. I, I feel like the much crowd will be rocking at 3.30 much more than it would uh, than it would be at a noon kickoff. Absolutely. And, you know, it, where it's that time, you know, where it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier. So it's one of those games that will probably start in, in daylight and end, end at night. So it's not a night game, but you're kind of right there on the cusp of it. Oh, listen. I'm work. still going to bring my jacket. I oh, work yeah, all day too. Saturday. I work all day Saturday when I'm feeding the team. Every time I get to pick up their plate, I'm going to do like little horns down, just like a little, uh. <laughs> yeah. I've already told myself, I'm going to see Kennedy McCoy, I'm going to give him, like, have you seen his like, little touchdown dance, like the arm, the, like yeah. the sleeve, sleeve, chicken oh, yeah. hands? 
I'm gonna catch yeah. his eye one time. I'm gonna be like, boom, boom. I'm gonna hit him with it and see what he does. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know that they know who's up next. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that'll do. I think that'll that, that, like, that little nod. Like we're all hyped for it. Like we're all behind you. Like. I might Absolutely. be just a dude to the banquet stuff, but I'm here. I'm one sure step. they love it for sure. And, uh, you know, it's a big one for West Virginia. Uh, you know, Texas, I'm sure, is ready to play us after that crazy game last week. I'm ready to ready to see it uh, when Neil Brown team with two weeks of preparation. But um, having said that, uh, as far as Kansas goes, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, any final thoughts you guys got on this uh, Kansas matchup? Anything, Stephen? Uh, no. I Overall, I liked what I've seen out of uh... – out of West Virginia, like I said, the mental mistakes, but they can be corrected. But you know, Kansas, Kansas is going to be pretty darn good within the next few years. So I was just glad to see us get out of there with a W. Absolutely, I, I agree. They're definitely a team that's improvement, and, and the fan support sounded like it was improving as well. People really buying in, not only on the team, but probably around Lawrence as well. Now that Les Miles is there and kind of changed things up, and it seems like a different attitude for that Kansas team. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a Big 12 game or two this season, but uh, we'll see. Um, what about you, Bradley? Any final thoughts on this Kansas game? Yeah, I was watching that Les Miles like little thing they had going on TV the other day, and I heard two people talking about him saying, you know, when he goes to Kansas, he could change things if he gets a strong group of young men that just believe in him. Like he could really change the program, and they could even have, be in for something special this year. It's just all about building that foundation and getting the program to like buy into it, you know. Absolutely. And I was sitting there listening to that, and I was like, I'd be damned if that doesn't sound exactly like what I say about Neil Brown. And he just came out here and beat a very experienced Les Miles. Oh yeah. That Kansas win meant a lot more to me than any other Kansas win I've ever had. And yes. you know, I I'm never been so excited to go to a Texas game other than maybe last year. So Yeah. It's also out. said it West Virginia was a lot better than he thought that we oh, were. What so. sweet that's words. a testament that's to uh, what yeah, that's words. a testament to the Neil Brown is impressing other coaches as well. So a um, lot of build up coming up to this Texas game. It's going to be crazy going through this bye week. And um, as we go through this bye week, we're going to have a special bye week show coming up, hoping to release it on uh, on this Monday uh, before we release the Texas preview later that week. Since so we don't have a game to recap following this weekend, this Monday we're going to release a bye week, buy or sale yeah. episode, kind of uh, pr- Should be fun. statistical it's- questions, see if we're buying or selling them as for uh, some predictions for later in the season and things like that should be should be a fun show. So you guys be sure should definitely more, be more of a fun podcast. You know what I mean? Like a fun little yeah, just a little game, talk some numbers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, just just a little entertaining episode as a filler for uh, for you know the uh, show that would be there. Uh, but you know, send us some questions or something. Somebody, yeah, if you guys want to send us some questions, you can uh, tag us on Twitter at WVU Country Roads. You can send them via email, almost seven athletics at gmail.com. Uh, post them on our Facebook wall at almost seven athletics. Um, you know, anything you want to do to get in touch and uh, send in a question you'd like us to answer on the show, and you can do, always do that at, at any time as well. And we'll answer them here on the Country Roads webcast. So Having said that, that will wrap things up with the Kansas recap. Like I said, we'll be back for the bye week by ourselves. Our next episode before we get into previewing the upcoming game against the Texas Longhorns here in a little over a week. So this has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by Trio 4 Productions. We are the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics found on the web at almostheavenathletics.com. Find us on your preferred podcast platform, whatever it is, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, 
wherever you can find us to search Country Roads webcasts. Give us a listen, subscribe to us, and most importantly, share us as we continue to grow. So for Bradley and Steven, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. And until next time, let's go. Now,